Hey friends, welcome to the Apologetic Fun in 10 podcast. My name is Alex Davis and I am really excited that you've decided to join me. I am currently pursuing my master's in Christian apologetics at Oklahoma Baptist University and it is through this podcast that we discern what the truth of the gospel is through looking and discussing through some false teachings in our world and church today. Go ahead, join me so that we can defend the gospel together. Hey, hey, thanks for joining me again. (laughs) Well, you have decided to join Alex Davis, me, as you now know, for the next three-week series on the false beliefs, false teachings of singleness. This week is going to be encompassed around the topic of the one. Our next week is going to be the topic of women as the helper. And then the next one is going to be on the waiting season. So why don't we go ahead and just dive in and get started because there's there's no time there's no time to waste, guys. But how about we sit here and think for a minute about what singleness looks like in our lives today? Is it a positive connotation or is it a negative connotation? So if I'm to say, oh man, yeah, I'm single. Or if I'm to say, oh yeah, well, I have a boyfriend. Oh yeah, well, I've been single for 10 years. Whether or not you know the status of my heart, most likely you're going to think and rest in the assurance or rest in your own logical mindset that that is a negative connotation. Now, this is something that our culture has cultivated and created, and this has been a struggle. This is nothing new, guys. This has been going back all the way to the Bible times. Literally 2,000 years ago, Paul was writing about singleness. Paul was writing specifically to the Corinthians about singleness and marriage and the significance of it and the beauty of it. So let's let's read a little bit of scripture. Why don't we? Because that's what we're here to do is to defend the gospel. So 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about the worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Then we read 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 40, a little bit ahead of that passage. Now concerning the matters about you, which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each one, each man should have his own wife 
and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may have devoted yourselves to prayer. But then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Okay, through these passages, we can recognize that marriage is a gift. Yeah, it's a great gift. It's beautiful. But it comes along with the continual need to sacrifice your own desires, your own needs, and melge and merge that with someone else. So there's more anxieties. There's more tasks. There's more worldly things to do when it comes to a marriage. And when it comes to a marriage, your desires and your anxieties and all these things point to the other person more fluidly or quite easily rather than pointing to God. So what can we know from this? We can know that, yeah, there's purpose in marriage, but it is also not promised, and there is not a specific one. Now, why do I say that there's not a specific one? Well, even though scripture does not say you will not have one specific one person, but we do see in scripture that God created man in his own image. Now, why would God create man in his own image and then say, but you need someone to help complete you. You need someone, one human, in order to achieve and walk into your ultimate passion, your ultimate calling, your ultimate whatever you want to call it with one person. That's the only way you'll get there. That's complete falsehood. That's heresy, guys. That's no, no, no. That's not true. And I want to read to you a couple quotes that will help point you to the gospel truth. We have one from one of my favorite books at the current moment from Loveology from John Mark Comer. Don't get married because you think he or she is the one. Trust me, they're not. There's no such thing. But to do get married when you see who God is making somebody to be, and it lights you up. Then we have a quote from Timothy Keller on the meaning of marriage. Those dreaming of the perfect match are outnumbered by those who don't really want it at all, though perhaps they can't admit it. After all, our culture makes individual freedom, autonomy, and fulfillment the very highest values, and thoughtful people know deep down that any love relationship at all means the loss of all three. You can say, I want someone who will accept me just as I am. But in your heart of hearts, you know that you are not perfect, that there are plenty of things about you that need to be changed, and that anyone who gets to know you up close and personal will want to change them. And then Matt Chandler from The Mingling of Souls. So quit looking for the one. You have a better chance of finding an Oompa Loompa riding a unicorn, fighting Bigfoot. Matt Chandler. <laughs> okay, guys, it's so essential for us to come to this comprehension that 
God has called us according to his riches, according to his grace, according to the grace that we don't deserve to live out a calling for him, to walk blameless in his sight. Marriage is not promised. And this is difficult for a lot of us to rest in and be okay with. I know for myself growing up, I assumed that it was promised, even though I didn't recognize that I was thinking that way. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, 8, I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and widows, I say this, it is good for them to remain unmarried as I am. Now he's not saying it's sinful to get married, nor is it sinful to get, to get, to stay single, but it is a gift. And I can truly say to you guys right now in this moment in my life, I've never been so content in my singleness, so excited to see how God's going to use me. Now do sometimes I cave to anxiety? Yeah. Do I cave to temptation still? Yeah, of course. Do I fall in love with the world's things? Yeah, I'm human. But God created our inmost being and he knit us together in our mother's womb. We get to praise him because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's not going to be just one human that's going to satisfy all of your needs. You're going to date and I hope that you find someone that is going to complete you? Whoa. Did I just say that? I did. I hope you date and find someone that is going to help you run the path of your calling more effectively, more efficiently. They're not going to complete you. You see my verbiage? It just came right out. But I encourage you guys to read Psalms 139 after the end of this podcast. And I really think it could help encourage you as you walk blameless and grace-filled into the will of God. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I really want you to walk excited for how God's going to use you. Please feel free to reach out and let me know what you think. I have a bunch of resources below, some things in resources and links to go dive deeper apologetics is fun guys and we're here to defend the gospel so 